Good to see you all. How are we doing? Good, yeah? Good. A little bit of response, which is great, but I want a lot more tonight because um, I'm not feeling great, so you can give me an R if you'd like. Yeah, a bit of man flu kicked in uh, around Friday, so I'm struggling a bit, but um, really um, honoured to be asked to come and speak to you guys tonight. It's my first time here, um, so thank you for making me feel very welcome. Very impressed by the uh, array of cakes and biscuits as well. Incredible, weren't they good? Yeah. yeah. Let's have a round of applause for whoever made them. Um, and very quickly, just tell you a little. Is there a clock here? Is my first practical question. Just to, no. Okay. Well, I'm going to be speaking for the next three hours, so uh, make yourself comfortable. Um, no, so I uh, am a youth worker. I have been for the last 10 years, actually, in Bath. Um, I'm employed by the Methodist Church, um, and I am, basically, my remit is to get stuck into youth work all across Bath. So I'm not just in one particular area, but uh, I work all over the place, and in Caitchen as well, and over to Peasdown sometimes too. So it's, it's a busy old time, but I love it. And, and what I love about it is... Um, getting out and, and bringing the good news of Jesus Christ to people, young people who may never feel comfortable stepping foot in church. And let me tell you, there's a lot of those young people out there. They're not just going to come in. Um, and I'm, I'm fed up with churches who are just waiting. And, oh Lord, bring them in, bring them in. No. He clearly said, didn't he, when he was on this planet, Jesus clearly said, go, let's get out, let's meet them where they are love them and share that news and that is what I do in my job uh, I feel very blessed to be able to do that um, I what else I'm into football anyone into football uh, cool I'm a Bristol City fan so feeling yeah good man so I'm feeling quite smug at the moment because we're actually doing well for a change uh, so yeah it's good isn't it you're feeling happy too about that that's awesome um, and one other thing about me which is fairly important is that I'm a husband and I'm a dad. Um, so I've got two boys. Josh is five and he's just started school. So that's all kinds of drama in our house right now on that. Uh, Asher is two and a half and he's really, really cute, but he's a nightmare because he doesn't sleep. Uh, yeah, a little bit of sympathy from you guys again there was nice. Thank you for that. Um, but becoming a dad changes everything. Changes absolutely everything. And... I don't think, personally, people warn you about that enough. Um, they tell you quite often about the good stuff, but there were, I, I find there weren't many people who said, hey, Steve, come here, son, I need to tell you a few things. This is going to be proper tough. Like, there weren't many people who did that to me. Um, so that was one thing that I quickly learned. This is not a walk in the park. This is tough. And every day I'm learning, and every day I'm making mistakes, but hey... God is good. Um, and a whole new world... Sound like I'm about to sing Aladdin there. I'm not. A whole, a whole new world opened up to me when I became a dad. And that was the world of um, children's TV. Is, is anyone here into children's TV? Don't be embarrassed to admit it. Even if you haven't even got kids, sometimes you watch it. Yeah, there's a few hands going up. Bless you for your honesty. So, children's TV... It's a whole world out there, guys, of craziness. Um, and there are some programs that I absolutely love. 
Give a cheer if you're into these things. Octonauts, anyone heard the octonauts? Wow, a lot of love putting octonauts tonight. Um, another one that I love is the go-jetters. Anyone into them? Not so much. I can see a few faces already going, how on a minute? She's, earlier, it was said this was going to be academic tonight. And he's talking about the go-jetters and octonauts. Um, hang with me, there is a reason for this. But also, a little disclaimer, I'm not massively academic. So if you were here expecting that tonight, I'm sorry, you're going to be a little bit disappointed. But wait, because you have got good news, there are some guys who are a lot more academic than me, I think in the next month or two, who are going to get stuck into that real, like, stuff that makes my brain hurt. I'm not that guy, I'm not going to pretend to be that guy. Um, I'm a people person, and I am going to share with you why I believe that the Bible is God's word through his people, how he works for his people, and the realness of the stories in there. We've called it not just the highlights, because um, it's not just God called this person to do this, and he said, yeah, fine God, no problem, and he did it, and tick, 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 and it was a great story, and everything was accomplished. You don't actually find stories like that in the Bible. You find very real struggles, where God says, hey, I want you to do this. And very often, the reaction is, me? No, 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 no. Somebody else. There are many other people around who are much better, more equipped, more able to do this than me. That's a real response. Because if we're all honest tonight, we've responded like that sometimes to God too. It's not all... I will go, Lord! And off we go, and we do it all. We struggle. We doubt sometimes. And that's fine. And actually, the fact that the Bible highlights these characters and their struggles, for me, is a huge comfort, but also is one of the main reasons why I think this thing is totally real. Because this is believable. This is not just some superhero character who has no problems. The struggles are real. Going back to children's TV... um, why was I saying this? Because there's one program that I absolutely hate, and it is called Topsy and Tim. <laughs> and the reason I don't like that program is because it's. Sorry? Did I get the name wrong? It's Topsy and Tim, right? Yeah, Topsy and Tim. Um, and what I hate about it is that it's also amazing in their world, and there are no problems. And like, there there was one I watched the other day with my boys, and it was the first day of school. And um, it's like, come on children, let's get ready. And they're like, yes mother. And they run up the stairs, and they all get ready, and they're looking pristine and perfect. And then they come down, and they have their jam on toast. And there are no crumbs anywhere, I'm telling you. It's just straight in there eating it. There's no mess on their glazers. It's all perfect. It's perfect, but I'll tell you what, it's not very believable. And it frustrates me. Because I'm like, that's not our reality. A couple of weeks ago, we had my boy's first day of school, and it was chaos. And there were tears, and there were punch-ups with him and his brother, and it was all kicking off, and that was the reality. There's another thing that annoys me. This is the last thing, I'm not, I'm not just going on a rant tonight. <laughs> another thing that annoys me is, and maybe you guys can relate to this, Christmas letters... I'm not just going to say Christmas letters because some of them are good. But the type, I don't know whether you ever had a type like this, that just, again, similar to Topsy and Tim, is just too perfect. 
Is anyone relating to me here? It's just a little bit too perfect. So yes, we've had an absolutely fantastic year. Um, no problems whatsoever. In fact, Annabelle, she excelled in everything that she did, and A stars, and she didn't even study, and her drama group, uh, that went well, and she's now got a leading part in the latest Star Wars film, and it's just, it gets to the point where it's a little bit unrealistic, because everything is perfect. But we all know, life's not like that, is it? There are highlights, and I guess those letters, they put those highlights in there. But there are struggles. There are times when we stuff it up. There are times when we mess up God's plan for us. We make mistakes. And as I briefly touched upon, that is what I want to talk about tonight. It's not just the highlights in the Bible. These are real people in a real time being called to do real things. And actually, they face very real struggles with that. So we haven't got long, I just want to focus on two characters, if that's okay, um, who God has asked to do something, and their responses. Um, everyone alright with that? Everyone with me so far? Fantastic. Good. So, um, I want to start with Moses, and most of us know the highlights, right? We know the highlights of Moses, and uh, maybe you've watched the, the Prince of Egypt, and... Who, who, who wants to sing any of the songs from that right now for me? No. Um, so yeah, in, incredible moments in Moses' life. God worked through that guy miraculously, many, many times. Um, incredible miracles. But what's interesting is how it all begins. Because God calls him for a burning bush... But how, how does he respond? We've got quite a few little verses that I just want to touch upon really quickly that show us the humanity in this guy. It's not just the highlights. This is his struggle. So God calls to him and he says, I want you to lead my people. Go to Exodus. If you've got your Bible, grab it. If you're taking notes, please write down some of these verses because I'm not just making this stuff up. It's there. Um, Exodus 3 is kind of that moment where God speaks to Moses, gives him this mission. But in verse 11, we see a response. It's a very human response. And it's a response that I completely relate to. um, Verse 11 of chapter 3 of Exodus. Moses answered God, Why me? What makes you think that I could ever go to Pharaoh and lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. Very human response. Next one, two verses down. Um, Verse 13. Then Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the people of Israel and I tell them, The God of your fathers sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? What do I tell them? So he's got lots of questions and that's fair enough because he's being asked to do a big thing so you're going to have lots of questions. We don't always get all the answers very quickly but we do have questions. Um, Let's go to uh, chapter 4. This is all so close together. Bear with me. Chapter 4, verse 1 says this.
theology. Um, Moses objected. They won't trust me. They won't listen to a word I say. They're going to say, God, appear to him. Hardly. Skipping down again, we go to chapter 4, verse 10. Moses raised another objection. Are we seeing a pattern here? Master, please, I don't talk well. I've never been good with words, neither before nor after you spoke to me. I stutter, I stammer. So God asks him to do something and he's starting to find the reasons why he's probably not the right guy for the job. Have you ever had this experience? Have you felt maybe God has asked you to do something? And you, think, you look around and go, I'm not the right person for this job. I don't feel capable. Like Moses says, I'm not very good at speaking. Let's have a look at a couple more. Um, verse 13. <laughs> I like this bit. He, so he's, he's brought up a lot of these objections. Then he's just going super blunt on it. Verse 13. He said, Oh, Master, please send somebody else. And again, I can relate to it. I can relate to it. And I thank God that this honest um, retelling of this story is included in our Bible. Because Moses did incredible things through the power of our God. But we learn through this story that it was never about Moses and what he was able to do. And I've learned many, many times in my life, I can tell you, and I, and I will continue to learn. It's never about me and my abilities. It's about me being willing to be honest with my weaknesses, to say, look, I'm not perfect. I struggle. But I will try. And this is the incredible thing. Like Moses, he goes for it. And look what God does. We know the highlights, don't we? We know that God works incredibly through this guy. But it takes him to be brave. And of course he has doubts. I'm not here to say that's wrong and I'm not here to laugh at Moses. I'm here to say I relate to Moses. And I'm here to say that if you are feeling like this tonight, don't be discouraged. If you're feeling like, I don't even know if I can keep walking this journey of faith. Don't be discouraged. Because God can take us in our weakest points and do absolutely incredible things. It's all about him and his power. All of, his, um, all of his feelings of doubt and fear are perfectly natural. And it basically equates to, I, I don't feel up to the job, I don't feel up to the task you've given me. Um, and there's a great verse that I cling to a lot, you might want to write this one down, it's 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. And every time I'm weak, I just get this verse out and I pray it over my life because I need the strength and the power and the truth of this verse. My grace is all you need. For my power is greatest when you are weak. I'm going to say it again because I believe there's power in those words tonight. And I want them to sink into our heart tonight. Because the Bible, another reason I'm passionate about the Bible, is because it's alive. And because it's life changing. And it should um, breathe life into us, breathe passion into us. 
my strength is greatest when you are weak. I want people to walk out the door tonight not feeling like, oh, we, we've learned a little bit more about the theology of the Bible. No, I want you to feel massively encouraged in the relational God who stands with you as you go about your week. As you stumble about your week, as, as often the case, right? Thinking, ah, oh, I don't know if I'm even able to get through. You will in him. Um, quick story about... I share like, the stories about my kids a lot because they're important to me, right? Um, I remember taking Josh, my oldest boy, to... Um, I'm going to come down here, is that alright? I want to get closer in. Is that done here? I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I remember taking my oldest boy, Josh, to an assault course. And he is normally like the liveliest guy about. And he's like, I can do anything, come on, let's go. And he's full of beans. And we get him to this assault course, and he changes. It was fascinating to see it, actually. He completely changed his, his characteristics. And you could see this kind of doubt creep in as he came across these different obstacles. And some of them were fairly basic, and I knew he could do it. I'd seen him do similar stuff before, but this sort of balance beam. And he puts his foot on it, and he starts to go along. And he turns to me and says, Dad, I can't do it. I said, what do you mean you can't do it? You, of course you can. I've seen you do this before. No, I really can't. Okay, I said, okay. Well, let me come alongside you. Let me take your hand and we'll go together. And so he did that and that helped a lot. Then we tried to do it again. Come on, you've just done it with me. Try and do it without me now. So he gets on. But the same thing happens again. Dad, I need your help. I said, Josh, keep going. And if you fall, I'll be right there. I'll, get, I'll pick you up. I'll put you back on again. It wasn't a big job, don't worry. <laughs> don't report me to social services. It was a tiny job. I said, come on, man, you can do it. And if you fall, I will pick you up again. That, for me, is simple, but it's a beautiful picture of the God that we worship and we sang about tonight. It's that he does ask us to do these things. And sometimes our response is like my boy. God, I can't do it. I can't do it. He knows all along that we can but he's patient with us and he's loving with us. He says, I will walk with you. I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm not going to ask you to do something that you are unable to do. I will walk every step with you. And sometimes you might stumble. And I will pick you up again and stand with you in that. Um, I just thank God that he is so faithful to us like that. Um, Let me wander back here a minute. Another reason that I love the Bible is because the lessons and the things that it's speaking about our lives and the things that we can learn, these things are written years and years ago and they are still as true today. And they can still speak directly into your life, directly into your situation. That's exciting. And that is why people say that the Word of God is alive. Because I can read a passage that I've read hundreds of times before but suddenly the Holy Spirit works within it 
and I see something different, or I cling to something, I notice something I haven't seen before. The Word of God, again, it's not just an exercise in study. It's a living, breathing book. Praise Him for it. And let's not take it for granted. That's the other thing. I'm preaching to myself here too, guys, honestly. Like, so often we have maybe five or six Bibles at home. How often do we pick them up? No? It's a good question to ask yourself every now and then. Am I appreciating this living word as much as I should? And it's great that you're having the, this series to kind of look at the power of the word and um, get into some of the depth of the word, and that's fantastic. Let's l- appreciate God's word. I'm all for that. And let's have faith that it still speaks today. We're going to look at one more character. I said it, it talks about issues that we still struggle with today. One of the biggest issues right now is comparison. Um, I think it always has been. But I certainly don't think that social media has helped matters. Um, we're very... Uh, like. In today's day, you can just literally get on your phone and you can see what everyone else has been up to. And it becomes a yardstick, right? Oh, wow, well, I was quite happy with my holiday, imbued. And then I saw my mate saw pictures of his holiday in the Caribbean. I'm not feeling so chuffed about where I went now. It's the comparison thing. Um, but this is not a new issue. This is something that humans have struggled with year after year after year after year looking to others and a lot of it is down to identity not really believing the fact that God has created you each one here tonight with a purpose completely unique you've all got abilities, gifts that differ in some way that's not accidental it's not accidental it's for a reason so that you can bring your unique um, gifts, your unique abilities to shine a light for God in this earth. That's what I believe. And so when we start trying to be somebody else, we're, we're not honouring who God has made us to be, who the mission God has called us to be, uh, us to do. I want to go to another Bible passage now. So turn with me, if you would, to 1 Samuel, chapter 18. Is everyone still awake? Great. Is everyone still with me? Not so sure. <laughs> um, 1 Samuel 18. And we're, we're going to go verse 5 to 9. I'm reading from the Message Bible just because I find that easier to follow, to be honest. Um, so it might not be exactly the same as your translation. But a bit of context here. Saul is the first king of Israel. Uh, you guys heard of Saul? Uh, yeah. Um, it's a fascinating story because actually we, we know a lot of the mistakes that Saul made uh, in the Bible. But when he was initially called to be the first king of Israel, his response was actually very similar to the response of Moses. We, we see Saul as oh, this cocky king who thought he was incredible. But actually, um, the chapter before the one I'm reading now, you read a little bit about his struggle, where he, Samuel the prophet comes to him and says, you're going to be the king. And he said, are you sure? Me? Do you know that I'm, I'm 
just from a tribe and it's not a very strong or popular tribe and, and God says yeah I know what I'm doing I choose you but again it's interesting that we're seeing a pattern here of how people are responding to that call of God um, and it, our initial response is fear doubt has he got the right man has he got the right woman um, let's go to 1 Samuel 18 verse 5 here we go whatever Saul gave David to do he did it and did it well so you know about David I'm, I'm taking it that most people know about David uh, we know about his highlights again but there another guy who had his struggles a lot of struggles a real character three dimensional person in a real time and place ups and downs not just the highlights right we're seeing the pattern you see where I'm going with this um and David is starting to get very popular amongst the king, uh, within the kingdom for good reason. Saul is okay with that at the moment, but this is the turning point. And I want us to see something very significant here. Whatever Saul gave David to do, he did it and did it well. So well that Saul put him in charge of his military operations Everybody, both the people in general and Saul's servants, approved of and admired David's leadership. As they returned home, after David had killed the Philistine, the women poured out of the villages of Israel, singing and dancing, welcoming King Saul with tambourines, festive songs and lutes. In playful frolic, the women sang. I'm not going to... Should I sing? Do you want me to sing? Yeah, why not? Saul killed by the thousand, David by the ten thousand. Well, don't give up the day job. Um, this was the song that they were singing. This made Saul angry, very angry. He took it as a personal insult. He said, they credit David with ten thousands and me with only thousands. Before you know it, they'll be giving him the kingdom. Do we see how this is very quickly turned? A couple of verses ago, he's loving David. Oh, this guy's amazing and I'm going to put him in charge of loads of stuff because he's doing a great job. But then, he does too good a job, doesn't he? Almost. And Saul starts to feel threatened by him. This is the key verse right now. From that moment on, Saul kept his eye on David. Saul kept his eye on David. It's very easy to do. As we've talked about social media, we can see what's going on and we can very quickly lose our focus on what we've been called to do. Oh, I wonder what's going on over here. Our eyes are turned to somebody else. And maybe we even try to become them or do what they're doing and what their strength is rather than what our strength is. I want to be very clear tonight that the Bible says in the New Testament you have a race to run. It's 
put before you. You have a race to run. And so we all know with racing, I'm not feeling great, so I'm not going to go for a run. It's tempting to run down the aisle, but I'm not going to do it tonight. But we have a race to run, a path specifically set out for us with our unique abilities. You run a race by keeping your eyes on, on the prize, where you're going. If I'm to start running the race, but my focus suddenly goes over, what's your name, mate? Nathan. Suddenly I'm looking over at Nathan and having a little run. I'm going to quickly smash into this, aren't I? It's not going to end very well for me. It's going to probably hurt my knee. The point I'm trying to make is we waste so much time and energy in trying to do something that God's called someone else to do. And my prayer for each one tonight is that you're comfortable and you begin to press in more and more to the the track, the race, the path however you want to put it that God has placed for you because we don't say this enough to each other but I want to look you all in the eyes tonight and, and say you are so precious and you are so gifted in so many ways you're unique and that's exciting and I love a church that is is different and unique and and is not, we're not all um, trying to do the same thing, but we're free and we understand that we should be freed up to, to go where we need to go and, and connect with the people that we need to connect with. Um, as I said, I, I'm not an academic guy, so I'm not going to try and, and preach that message tonight. I'm going to run my race. I, I find comfort and encouragement and um, my faith is yeah, in the Bible is strong because those people are real. God used them, but they struggled. The Bible was not just highlights. Yes, I will do it, Lord. And they nailed it first time. Time and time again, people that were asked to do a lot, and they said, and you might be saying tonight, I'm the wrong person for this job. I don't feel up to it. If you ever said I don't feel up to it, put your hand up, please. If you ever, ever said, I don't feel up to this, Because let me tell you, that's where God wants you. That is exactly where God wants you. Because he's saying, yeah, you're you're not up to it, actually. It's through me. There's a beautiful story uh, in the Bible, uh, the story of Gideon. And he's got this um, army, and they're about to go into battle. And God says, actually, you've got too many men, which I'd be freaking out about, to be honest. He says, lose half the men, and off they go. And then the story goes on, and more and more people go. Because God wants to make the point to Gideon, and he wants to make the point to us, it's never about us. It's about him and his power, what he can do through people who are comfortable enough to say, I haven't got it all sorted. But here I am, Father. Use me. I believe in you. Can I have the band up? Um... Is that cool? I believe, I I just want to allow an opportunity for everyone to respond tonight. Um, There's a couple of things that that I want to pray for you for. We've talked very very quickly about social media and the fact that we're very good at putting our highlights up, aren't we? Or that Christmas, remember the example of the Christmas letter? And it's all highlights. This is incredible stuff. And I described that as 
like the diamonds. And we hold them out. Very, very quick, aren't we? It's interesting. To hold out our diamonds. Look what I just did last week. This is my diamond. Look at this picture where I'm looking absolutely incredible. This is my diamond. But you don't need to know that I've put like five filters on and I, and I snapped about 100 selfies before I felt comfortable to put this one up. But this is my diamond and we hold it up. We're comfortable doing that. But how many of us here tonight know we hold dirt too. We hold sin. Things that we're not so proud of. Decisions that we shouldn't have made. And what do we do with that? Guys, if you can just start playing that, it would be fantastic. Just give me a little chord or something. It would be fantastic. Um, yeah, what do we do with that dirt? Well, I'm telling you, if you're anything like me, we're quick to hide it. We don't like to talk about that, do we? But I want to encourage you as a church, as a youth group, as a family. Let's be open with one another. Let's share in our struggles as well as our victories, as well as our highlights. Because at church sometimes it's like, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. It doesn't tell me a lot. And is it real? Or is it a bit more like the Topsy and Tim program where it's like, yeah, I'm good. But inside you're breaking. But you don't feel comfortable sharing it. It's dangerous. And as a whole society, we do this so much. And we're seeing the results of it. And it's heartbreaking. We need to start being more and more open with one another. And the church is a beautiful place when that starts to happen. And we say, hey, people, with, I'm not just saying like go up to random people you don't even have a relationship with in church and say, oh, I've got all this mess. Because you're going to freak them out. And it's probably not appropriate either. But get to know people. Um, God will put them on your heart. Those ones that you can really trust and you can share your struggles with. And say, look, I need prayer for this because this is some dirt in my life right now. And I'm, I'm feeling vulnerable, but I'm going to hold it up to you. And together we're going to take this to God. Here's the fantastic news tonight. God is not afraid of your dirt. Praise you, God. He's not afraid of your dirt. He's not afraid of your mistakes. He wants to clean them. And all that takes is just being open with Him. Because sometimes we try and hide it from God too, which is a ridiculous idea, isn't it? He's made us, He sees all, and we're there with our hands on our fists. I'm not going to tell Him about what I did there. He knows, and He still loves you. But He wants you to be open enough to go, God, take my dirt and my diamonds. Clean my dirt and use my diamonds for your glory, to extend your kingdom, to impact our community. Because that's what church is about. It's not about holy huddles, but getting out and being real with people and impacting them, bringing light to them, bringing Jesus to them. Come on. That's what we want to see. That's what I get passionate about. So, can we all stand? minute the band are going to lead us in a couple more songs and maybe as a form of response sometimes I find it's useful to have some kind of physical response to what we've heard or what God has said to us and I pray he has said stuff to us tonight 
Um, and for me, I, I feel like tonight is two hands in the air. And the reason it's two hands in the air is for that example, right? The dirt, God, I've got dirt in my life. Even this week, even today, I've messed up. I'm sorry. Clean my dirt. But also use my diamonds. Use the things that you've gifted, you've put in me. My passions, the things I'm good at. Use that, God, for your kingdom. And to, to spread the name of Jesus throughout this community, the community of Western, the city of Bath. It needs you, God. And it needs people who approach you with two hands and say, look, this is me, and I feel, I feel lost, I feel, why me? I can't do this. And like you say, Father, that's the point. No, you can't do it on your own. But I will take a willing person, a speck of faith who says, I can work through you. In your weakest point, I am strong. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your word, the Bible. And these incredible men of faith, women of faith, who did great things through you. It wasn't through the things they were good at. They felt huge doubt. But they had a bit of courage within them to say, do you know what? Even with my doubts, I'm going to go for this. Thank you for your word. Help us to respect it. Help us to get stuck into it and learn more through it. You are so good and you love us so much. So help us approach you tonight, but the rest of this week and I pray the rest of our lives with two hands saying, look, I want an honest relationship with you, my creator. Honest relationship with you. I'm not playing anymore. Amen.